you know, as a senior leader in the Marine Corps, I was, I was privy to having the ability to look at some of that historical data, but I never connected the dots. Like Ann was saying, with all the unit stuff we were looking at, what the unit did, how the unit fared in that battle, how can we learn from that and move forward? But not once did I ever think about looking at the individuals, even though I led a bunch of Marines, I never once thought about the impact like we're doing right now with the, with the individuals that, un, that were unspoken for. My veteran is George J. Byers Jr. from Mingo, Ohio. And I think it's kind of funny because I lived in West Virginia for a while and so I can kind of see this town. Also, he's Slovak, which I'm Slovak too, and I kind of got stuck. And I was trying to think, what do all Slovaks have? bars and churches. So I started <laughs> looking for the churches and I found one and I called the lady and hopefully she'll call me back and give me a little bit more in depth. But, you know, before this, he was just a name and now he's my guy. You know, he is my guy. And I hope I do him justice by creating a, a, a biography that does him justice. My approach is making sure that the kids understand that we all got to give something back. This is not something that's just going to be free all the time. And our veterans, especially the ones who are not famous, the un ones who are silent because they're not here with us anymore, they need to know that they come from all walks of society, all walks of life, and everybody has to contribute to our nation. Well, we came up with an idea of adopt a veteran, but I think this veteran has adopted me. Yes. yes. I really do believe that, you <laughs> yeah. know, and I go, I went to see him today, you know, because, <laughs> you know, we're right next door. So it's, you take a break and right. take a walk down there it's, and the cemetery is awesome. It's just a very peaceful place to go. Very peaceful. Very peaceful. What are some of the takeaways that you will get out of this institute once you leave St. Augustine? I think it's going to make me a better teacher straight up. We've legitimately graduated from last week, as both teachers featured in this episode are from the high school level. No love for middle school, huh? Yet. It'll come. Throw in some JRTC instruction, and that's our class schedule for this week, featuring Ann McKay and Sergeant Major Ray Fillard. Remember the context from last week's episode? Briefly, I could have found myself in a room of tired and uninterested teachers that just finished a nine-hour day seven program at the Institute. Well, take that context and intensify it just a bit as Anne and Sergeant Major Fillard went right after Alexis, Sharon, and Ryan. By the time I clicked the record button with Anne and Sergeant Major sitting beside me, it was approximately 6.04 p.m. Given that we all had to meet at 7.45 a.m. in the lobby of the hotel for the trolley to pick us up and take us to St. Francis Barracks, They've been up for probably 12 hours and been nonstop at the Institute for nine. Now, take what ensued right after I clicked the record button and intensify that by a whole lot more as this conversation totally disregards how long the batteries were on. Again, another testament to the transformative and influential nature that this Institute had on the teachers. As you probably noticed from the opening sound bites, Anne McKay's animated personality completely gave the episode a lively and comfortable energy, as if we were in the living room of her house hanging out and just talking. Throw in Sergeant Major Ray Fullard and his personal military experience, and you have a remarkably dynamic, fun, and honest conversation. As with the cohort from the previous episode, Anne and Sergeant Major Fullard had gone through the entire Day 7 itinerary, including those last four and a half hours honing in on their veteran bio. 
However, the conversation I had with Anne and Sergeant Major Fallard went beyond what transpired in Day 7. They talked about several themes present throughout the Institute at this point, the importance of all of us giving back, and how this Institute and what it produces gives us a space to do so, to understanding that these veterans are not stills in the pages of history books, they were real human beings with their own lives, and how talking about them and doing this work is showcasing their legacy. From Sergeant Major's anecdotes as a Marine, to the interesting space he operates in, now being an educator, learning about the very own thing he dedicated an entire life to, to Anne's candid energy and takes on the Institute, you are in for a great educating and entertaining episode. From the UCF Department of History and UCF's Veterans Legacy Program, I'm Sebastian Garcia, and this is Episode 5 of the 2023 UCF VOP Institute Podcast Series. Now, he's my guy. Hello, everyone. This is Sebastian Garcia. And in this special edition of Knights History Cast live at the 2023 UCF VOP Institute is brought to you by UCF's Veterans Legacy Program, a partnership with the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, the VA, National Cemetery Administration, NCA. A special thanks to those agencies for the generous grant that made the significant, transformative and necessary institute possible. Also, a special thanks to the Florida National Guard for hosting the 2023 UCF VOP Institute. That's where you all have been at for the past couple of days. I've been today was my second day there, and I recorded the first three podcasts of the day at the historic St. Francis Barracks, which was pretty cool. This year's institute is a 10-day workshop for K through 12 teachers across the state of Florida to create VOP classroom projects for their students. By learning through the successful pedagogical model developed over the years by UCF faculty, graduate, and undergraduate students, these teachers will leave the institute with the necessary approach and tools to expand veterans' history beyond the university campus and into the K-12 classroom. And I have the pleasure to talk with some of those teachers during my time here at the institute. With me right now is Ray Fullard and Anne McKay. I want to thank you both for taking the time after hours to talk with me. Uh, we're currently here in my hotel room. I really appreciate the sacrifice to just talk about your experiences thus far at the Institute. So before we start with the questions, I want you both to introduce yourself briefly to our listeners, where you teach, where you're from, what grades you are teaching, and so on. I teach at Clearwater High School. I teach 11th grade U.S. history. I'm originally from Elmira, New York, but Somehow I ended up in Tampa, so that's where I live now. I've been teaching U.S. history for a really long time. I've been in the field for about 19 years, and um, yeah, I just love U.S. history. I also teach TV production, too, so I'm trying to figure out how to weave this in this institute in with my TV production kids. Nice. And I'm Ray Fullard. I teach at Edgewater High School, Marine Corps Junior ROTC. I've been doing it since 2009. I love doing it. And shout out to all the Edgewater Eagles. Go War Eagle. Nice. Uh, I'm not Edgewater Eagle, but I am a Southwest Eagle. So I, <laughs> I appreciate the <laughs> shout out nonetheless. The Eagles, Eagle Nation rise. And I've been saying this with all the teachers that I've had the pleasure to talk to today. And I'm going to say it again for you both. Thank you for you know being in this profession. I'm giving you both a special shout out to the K-12 teachers. I um 
I'm still grateful to be close with some of my K through 12 teachers back home in Miami and their impact on my life has been invaluable. And I know that a lot of other students could, could feel the same type of way. So special shout out to you both. All right. So first question, very basic. What drew you into the 2023 UCF VLP Institute? Why are you here? Well, I got an email. <laughs> no surprise. Everyone started off there. <laughs> I got an email. I'm sitting at my desk. I get an email from UCF and I'm like, hmm. So UCF is begging for money or something like that. But no, they're offering me an opportunity to do a workshop. And I've always been interested in trying to expand how I teach U.S. history through primary documents. I think I do a very poor job. I think I won't step it up a whole lot after this. And so I applied and I got it. And here I am. Dr. Lyons, one of the folks uh, arranging this whole thing, I have her son in my program in my high school. And we talk all the time about history. And fortunately, uh, her grandfather was in the Marine Corps and we had a connection there. And I kind of like met up with her and, and she mentioned to me what she was doing. And I was like, yes, I will fill out the application because I'm in all in 100 percent because it's a way for me to connect our veterans with our junior ROTC cadets. And my second question to that is, why do you think expanding this knowledge of veterans history is significant for the K through 12 level? Well, as U.S. history, I realize now that I could probably teach military history and get away with it <laughs> because it basically is one war to another to another. And, you know, um, the history goes in between. I think that, and I hate to say this, but my kids love it if it throws up or blows up. And, <laughs> and they definitely get interested with things like that. And I think that if you bring military history in there and taught the right way, that um, um, they'd get a lot of benefit out of it. My approach is making sure that the kids understand that we all got to give something back. This is not something that's just going to be free all the time. And our veterans, especially the ones who are not famous, the un ones who are silent because they're not here with us anymore, they need to know that they come from all walks of society, all walks of life, and everybody has to contribute to our nation. And on a similar note, why are you interested in veterans history, whether it's a personal note or a professional note? Why are you interested in this subject matter? Well, my dad was a, a big military war nut. He was a veteran of uh, Korean War. And when I saw this, I he's passed since. I He would just be smiling from ear to ear. He would be so happy um, to see me do something like this. My great-grandfather was in the Army, and I... I started a couple years ago with the ancestry thing and I was able to find his draft card. So when this came up, I just started looking at my uncles and everybody else in my family now. So I'm building a little database for myself and my family now. That's awesome. Let's walk through some of the deliverables that you have been tasked with during this institute. Let's start talking about first the uh, the lesson plan. So how has this institute prepared you to uh, work on a lesson plan around veterans history that you are going to apply in the classroom? I never really have taught like individual soldiers. I mean, like the, the, the mythology of soldiering, I think is more of what I teach, but I think I'm going to do a deep dive, especially since Bay Pines is my cemetery. I could actually do field trips and um, have a greater connection. Plus, too, Clearwater has a lot of veterans that I can tap into. Um, they always come to the JROTC stuff, and I'm going to 
I'm going to hit them up to um, see if we can do some, maybe some oral history with them or, so that the kids get a little taste of that too. This has offered me the opportunity to learn more in-depth methods to do the research because we are learning so much as far as the aspects of what's available to us and how we can get it to get the information out there. I think and I agree with that. We just can all these resources that will give us what we need to find out about our veterans and the ones in Bay Pines, Bushnell, and here in St. Augustine. Yeah, and the other thing is, is it, I, I kind of feel a little overwhelmed. It's like asking someone, <laughs> it's asking someone, you know, to learn in Greek and you've never heard it before. I mean, Ray, you know, you, you speak the language. I'm looking at stuff and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm looking at. So it's kind of training your eye to figure out what it is that you're actually looking at because the military's got all kinds of crazy acronyms and stuff like that. And you're like, I don't even know what it is I'm looking at. So fortunately we do have, you know, experts on site. And so if you have a question, you just say, Hey, what does this mean? And you know, they hook you up. And the next deliverable that you've been tasked with the veteran bio. So just share with us some of the details of the veteran that you have been tasked to work with for your, the biography. My veteran is George J. Byers Jr. from Mingo, Ohio. And I think it's kind of funny because I lived in West Virginia for a while, and so I can kind of see this town. Mm -hmm. Also, he's Slovak, which I'm Slovak too, and I kind of got stuck. And I was trying to think, what do all Slovaks have? Bars and churches. So I started <laughs> looking for the churches, and I found one, and I called the lady, and hopefully she'll call me back and give me a little bit more in-depth. But, you know, before this, he was just a name, and now he's my guy. You know, he is my guy. And I hope I do him justice by creating a, a, a biography that does him justice. Same here. Mine, um, looking at him, we got the email. I started early at home, started looking into him. And at first, I was overwhelmed because the last name, it seems to be really common. You know, and it's across the country. And they all named each other Thomas, hmm. some version of Thomas with the different initials. So it's a little, set me back a little bit, just making sure I had the right one. But mine, the crazy thing is, everything's with his mom and his stepdad down here, except for the first death notice. It was given to his wife in Baltimore. Mm. And there's nothing else to find out that he was married. Wow. So. Oh, it, wow. Yeah. So you do find some tidbits like that. Like you have to take a leap of faith of what you're looking at. I'm I'm lucky because my guy has a middle initial and he's a junior. So that, that kind of helps narrow down the search a little bit. Um, but you would not believe how many buyers there are <laughs> in the world and who are in the Army and I mean in the Marines and were yes. in the Pacific uh, Theater. I mean it's it's crazy, right? And you know I want to touch on something that you you said Anne about the now you're embracing that this veteran is your guy. He's my guy. Yeah, and that's something that is such a a significant theme throughout all the people that I talk to about you know veterans history, whether it's now teachers from this institute or from the faculty themselves. I've had a chance to do a podcast with them back in November. And, you know, I think Dr. Lyons said the story today there in the Florida France soldiers um, lecture that her students walk away with that experience. And they're like, that's me, not that's him. Mm -hmm. You know, that same type of attitude towards the veteran bio. And I think that's so wholesome and so telling, you know, 
um, of how powerful these stories could be. Well, we came up with an idea of adopt a veteran, but I think this veteran has adopted me. Yes. yes. I really do believe that, you <laughs> yeah. know, and I go, I went to see him today, you know, because, <laughs> you know, we're right next door. So it's, you take a break and right. take a walk down there. It's in the cemetery is awesome. It's cool. Like, I mean, not cool, like cool, cool, but it's like breeze cool. You right. know, it's just a very peaceful place to go. Very peaceful. Very peaceful. And the last big deliverable you you guys are tasked with doing is um, the mini tour. So just walk us through some of the things you've learned on how to do that and how you plan on applying that to the classroom. Well, they par- that we pair each other up mm-hmm. and my partner, we've kind of, you know, done a split it up kind of a thing where we're trying to find all the documents that we can for, uh, by the way, ours is um, immigrants in the military. And um, fortunately, we were given a set, which is good because the nice thing I like about this institute is they've done most of the research for us. They're just helping us try to figure our way so that they're not giving us people that we have. Some of these veterans don't have a whole lot of information on them. And these guys, we do know stuff. And so they made us go through this whole thing where we were on our own and we're all struggling. And, you know, and then finally they said, oh, here's the documents that you need. I was like, this is like punking us. But <laughs> what what it does do is it shows you that you can do it. Like you can do it on your own, but it's nice to have some help from the outside, from the inside, I should say. Yes. And like I said before, you know, they're giving us the tools to do it. Because I think that was the biggest question for us is on day one, two, and three, okay, here's your veteran, look him up through these websites. And we were looking them up, but we're not having success because we didn't know how to finite our search. And now that we have that information on how to, you know, get down to the details of the search, then they said, okay, now you're making that progress. Here you go. And that helped us out a whole lot. And, but just to, you know, talk about my group study deliverable is my group we have multi-conflict family it's, it's this one family but the problem we're having is is the names on the census reports are not always accurate mm. and that's what's kicking out behind trying to make sure we got the right guy matched up trying to make sure it's the right family because they can branch out and if the census reporter didn't put the name in the right order then we could be going down a rabbit hole as we start to stay around here and going the wrong way. But it's very interesting that, you know, one family had a member in the Civil War, World War One, World War Two, and Korea. Wow. You know, and we they clearly are that family that some gave all, all gave some. You know, so it's 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 good for us. It's good for us to see this, it's good for us to do it here. Because when we get back, we have all of this to fall back on, this experience now with our students. Right. A hundred percent. And, you know, I bet the mini tour is really helpful. I'm going back to what you said about you having that cemetery Bay Pines, right. You know, close to you and how you said you plan on doing a field trip with your students there. I'm assuming. Well, we'll figure out how good this one works and then we'll tweak the next one. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But you know, this is kind of a learning process for every single one of us. I think, I think today we kind of came up for a breath. Like we've been I feel just inundated with information and tomorrow is going to be, you know, kind of not a relaxful day, but a little bit more, um, not so much deep dive, but we still have those deliverables. So we got a lot of homework to do. (laughs) Lots of homework. (laughs) So some other things that I want to talk about is uh, 
you know, a big part of this institute is teaching you the methodologies, giving you the tools as we've been discussing. What are some of those tools that you did not know prior to attending this institute, but and that you're learning it now and that you just can't wait to apply to the to the classroom and to your students? Well, I, I knew about the census and I knew about Ancestry.com. I had no idea about the green book, the red book, the all these military histories that you can go in there. And even if you can't find your veteran in what happened, knowing his date of death and then going back and researching what was going on with the battle, you can kind of tell where they were and which b- battalion and I'm still learning all that stuff, but I'm, I'm getting a better understanding of how to really analyze what I'm looking at as opposed to just like, oh, I'm just reading something. Now I'm like, um, is this it, this and what is this? And I, I, copious notes taking is, <laughs> right. but, but once you do that, you realize that these were battles that weren't just bombs. These were people fighting in these battles. This, you know, because, you know, we always talk about a battle and it just goes on. You don't realize how many people were there and how much yes. logistics and armament and everything. And in these military histories, you get a good taste of that. You know, as a senior leader in the Marine Corps, I was, I was privy to having the ability to look at some of that historical data, but I never connected the dots. Like Anne was saying, it was all the unit stuff we were looking at, what the unit did, how the unit fared in that battle, how can we learn from that and move forward? But not once did I ever think about looking at the individuals, even though I led a bunch of Marines, I never once thought about the impact like we're doing right now with the with the individuals the, um, that were unspoken for. I knew about some of the tools that the Marine Corps has, but I didn't know the Army had a bunch of tools, the Air Force has a bunch of tools, the Navy has the same thing. So we're learning, I think like I can say this for everybody, we're all learning about all the different tools out there. The, actually, the green books, the red books. And it's good for me to see all of them. City directories, yes. um, which don't even <laughs> exist anymore, but there are their high school yearbooks. Yes. You know, yes. things like that that you find like a little nugget in, right. um, you know, like a, a blurb in the newspaper or, you know, unfortunately, a lot of this is, is death notices too. You, you get those yes. as well. Terms like hackman. Mm. Oh, you right. Know, exactly. Yes. You know. As a taxi driver, you know, so if we see where all these things came from, but having them here now and they're learning about how we look at things in the military is great for us as a whole, for the military folks, because now they can understand us better. Like she said, she's learning a whole lot of new things, new terminology that, you know, she can go back and talk to her students about. Right. Right. We're not going to have um, attendance anymore. We're having muster now. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, one thing that you brought up in your in your response there, Anne, was um, you know these battles, and you learned th- you know learning military history, just history in, in general. We often forget, and I say we, not just like academia, but just the general public often forgets that there's real people behind the pages of the textbooks or the or the pages of the census or the pages of whatever historical document, whether primary or secondary, that you're looking at. These are real people that lived these events. And something that this institute does a really good job at is putting that up in front. Like it's very apparent that you are dealing with a human being that did the ultimate sacrifice and you know you need to take care of that. So but yeah, someone said that as well in the previous recording, so I always like to point that out. Well it in, in, in that and I think, you know, somebody gave a talk about thank you for your service. And Holly, Holly gave yes. a uh, talk about that. And, you know, I say it and don't even think about it, but 
I think the way to memorialize these brave men and women is to talk about them. That's that's where that's where their legacy really is, is the acknowledgement that that they did a great job and they um, gave their life for this country. But not just them, as Holly pointed out, it's the families. Oh, and the families as well. You yeah, know, because one of my duties before uh, I retired was being in charge of a reserve station in Tampa, and one of the things we had to do is make the casualty calls. Mm. You know, and I tell you, that is one duty that I dreaded, and I only did it once. And I was I was a typical sergeant major. I made my rest of my Marines do it all the time. I could, I did it once, and that was enough for me, because looking into that mother or father or, or wife's eyes and telling her, no. Well, and that's the other thing. When you're doing your research, you're not just researching your person. You're looking into their mothers and their fathers, and yes. you're trying to find the connection out there. So these people may be passed too, but you are also giving them props as well. Definitely. This question specific to you, um, Ray, that, you know, your experiences in the Marine Corps, did you always em- envision yourself later on after your service to be in some type of educational setting, teaching veterans history or talking about veterans history? How did this come up? You know, when I was a young Marine, I asked God for two things, to make me a sergeant major and give me a regiment in combat. And after then, I do whatever he wanted me to do. And this is my calling. Because I've tried to look at other jobs. I've tried to go for other jobs. But it seems every time I look at another job, something happened to one of my kids and I stay where I'm at. I won't go anywhere else. Or I found out the job don't pay enough to leave where I'm at right now. There's always something to keep me in education because I think this is my payback for God giving me what I want to have in the Marine Corps. So I'm happy. I love doing it. That's awesome. That's so admirable. I respect that. And thank you for your services. We were just talking about <laughs> right here. Come on, man. <laughs> Can't be more obvious. Uh, but so my final question to you both, that it's been going great. I really appreciate it again. You know, I'm taking the time out of after hours again, uh, talking with me. What's some of the takeaways? I want to say big takeaway, but it always ends up being more than one. But what are some of the takeaways that you will get out of this institute once you leave St. Augustine? I think it's going to make me a better teacher, straight up. It's going to make me more thoughtful about my subject matter. I'm going to include uh, more personal stories. I think my my kids are going to get um, a great deal out of it, and I think it's going to change the way I teach. You know, and for me personally, I think I've lived it already with having Marines unfortunately die in combat. On the back of my motorcycle, it's my first combat loss, his name on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going through this process now, how deep it goes, not just in my generation, but the past generations and how we've been able to stay strong and keep going forward. And people still support the military when it's time for us to do our thing. That's the thing that we need to go back and make sure we're taking care of those folks, because when they lose a loved one, it changed the whole direction and path of their life. And we just don't realize how much it changes. it. You know, it, it it breaks you down. Yeah. It breaks you down. Thank you again. Thank you. And thank you very much. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Sebastian. I really appreciate it. This was fantastic. And yeah, thank you. On the next episode of the 2023 UCF VOP Institute podcast series. There are a number of things you can also do at the start of a field trip that I think help to set that tone. If you know... 
a JROTC group that you could bring a color guard with you on your field trip, that would be an excellent way to bring in and start right a cemetery movement. Because you would have your own mini ceremony. Uh, if you can't do that, we have on occasion at Peace Field Trips also been able to bring someone who plays taps, which is an excellent way to set the tone at a cemetery, to be able to explain taps and hear it, right? You could also play it on a recording of it if you chose to do so at the cemetery. The kids are always so careful with this, and it's just really cute to see them oh, all together. See them going crazy with this. Yeah, I like know. you tell them like, okay, feel the letters, and it really gets them like tactilely connected to what they're working on, which I think you guys will experience in a minute. And there'll be like a moment where you've been with your veterans. You're like, this is unconnected. I guess what's most surprising is I'm feeling very emotional. It's a different type of connection than. I've had thus far, it feels very real, and I hope that he's appreciating the presence and that I'm doing a good job on this. That's perfect. Hi, hey, Fred. And don't forget, you got your backs too, so you've got a spouse there on the back, and you've got a number. Most of the time on the back, they're legible. Sometimes they're a little worn, but that's where you'll find oh, them. Oh, to put the number on the other side. Awesome. Yeah, let's do right. this. Okay. Come and gather your supplies. Wow, what an right amazing activity. This okay. one my kids will get into. Yeah, this one's a really popular one. The this, older this ones could do this too, though. Yeah, and this is good for, it's good for any age, really. They can all handle it to some level. If you're in group one, follow your leader when the leader is ready. And group two, follow your leader when your leader is ready. Group two. Make sure you have some water on you. This episode was directed, produced, written, edited, and hosted by me, Sebastian Garcia, and featured Anne McKay and Sergeant Major Ray Fillard. Executive producers are me, Sebastian Garcia, and Dr. Amelia Lyons. The 2023 UCF VLP Institute podcast series is brought to you by the UCF Department of History and UCS Veterans Legacy Program, a partnership with the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs National Cemetery Administration.